Welcome once again to the show dedicated to technology conversations that are relevant for your soul. This is City Trends. My name is Philip Sean and City Trends is proudly sponsored by First National Bank. How may we help you? And ZPay, freedom to choose, express, and transact. Dial stars 270 hash right about now. Now. On the show tonight, we look at how people deal with failure in the tech space. When a product that you have been nurturing for so long fails, when your investors investors cancel out on you, or when the money that they promise just doesn't seem to materialize, when the ideas are not coming and you feel that you know your business is just going down the drain, when people are not buying or subscribing to your product, what do you do? How do you deal with that feeling and that sense of failure? And sometimes when the business just go bust, like, what do you do? How do you manage all of that? These and more are the issues we'll be tackling on the show today. And on my on the on the on the bill today, on the panel today, we have Amajampo, um, Paul Ziem, Nana Prempe, and Lorraine Wright, who will be joining me for this particular session. Don't miss it. Make sure you tune in and raise up the volume. Call a friend to tell a friend to make sure they dial in and enjoy the conversation. You can be a part of it actually with our on our WhatsApp number 0549-986-996. Number Number once again is 0549-986-996. Alternatively, you can actually send us a tweet um, using the hashtag C-I-T-I-T-R-E-N-D-S. That is City Trends. So make sure you get onto Twitter, send us your questions, or send us a WhatsApp, like I said, 0549-986-996 is our WhatsApp number. Well, if you're ready, the conversation is about to begin. This is City Trends. All right, let's get straight into it. Why don't we? Let's meet uh, the members of the panel. Um, when it falls apart is a topic dealing with failure in the tech space. First of all, let's say hello to Ama Jampo, who's the CEO of Scale Up Africa. Hello, Ama. Good evening. Hi, Philip. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Um, quick introductions for people who have no idea who Ama is. Ama, the floor is yours. Sure, thank you. So Scale Up Africa is a, an entrepreneurship development platform. So we support corporations, um, small businesses, and foundations to really understand how best we can grow our African enterprises. So, yeah, that's a, an organization that we, we, we run. And we recently just executed a, an international Pan-African and Diaspora Business Development uh, Festival. And I'm guessing you have a few stories to share, of course, about those who probably didn't make it as well. Thank you so much for joining us on the show, Ama. Um, also in the studio is Paul, Paul Ziem, um, our, our favorite person. Um, <laughs> our favorite person in the studio, Paul. Paul is the founder of Game Nerd and uh, Digital Entertainment Consultant. Um, 
if you if you are into digital entertainment or video gaming and you have no idea who Paul is, you shouldn't even be gaming in the first place. So Paul, um, quick introduction um, yeah, as well. Um, so we started a, uh, we started this journey by founding a community called GameNerd, and it accidentally grew into a business. And since then, we've been exploring just how far we can push it. These days, we are dabbling into retail, but we we are mostly known for our events and partnering people for events. And of course, um, consulting on digital products, which are mostly in the education space, but we're trying to move away from that. So, yeah. And believe me, there's a lot to come from. Anyway, <laughs> let's um, say hello to Lorraine Wright. Um, Lorraine is the head of sales at Grow For Me. Good evening, Lorraine, and thank you so much for joining the conversation. A quick introduction um, for those who have no idea who you are. Good evening. Thank you for having me on. So, yeah, as you said, my name is Lorraine Wright. Um, I'm head of sales for Grow For Me. Grow For Me essentially are a crowdfunding and crowd farming platform where we basically farm for anyone. You could be anyone, any place. And we basically farm for you um, and enable you to basically generate returns through that. But I've been working largely in the digital space for the last 10 years, so really looking forward to this conversation today. Yes, very much so. Lots to be shared um, and lessons to be learned. Finally, um, Nanat Prempe um, Ajiman, co-founder of Asoriba and Go For Me, um, as well, is here in the studio. Nana, thank you so much for joining us. A quick introduction. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Uh, my name is Nana. Um, many people call me Asoriba. But at the core, I'm actually a serial tech entrepreneur who has co-founded a few um, businesses that are at very different stages. And I'm excited to be sharing my little experiences here today. Well, um, he calls it little, but we'll soon find out it is not that little. <laughs> um, yeah, so let's start off with Ama. Why don't we? Um, Ama, um, from where you sit, um, I guess I'm just going to kick it off. Like, what what has it been like, you know, with some of the companies that um, you've been in association with or you've helped along the line? Um when it comes to putting a product together before they even come to you to look for funding and whatever like what is usually the process like for a lot of these you know tech startups these tech companies these individuals who have these bright ideas what what goes into putting some of these products together even before they get to the point where they feel it is actually not working like they envisioned yeah i think i think one common factor we see a lot from a lot of founders they get very excited by the idea and they go full into, you know, production mode. You know, then they're not doing their market research. They're not, you know, identifying a minimum viable customer. They're all about the product. And that costs a lot of money. And inevitably, you find a lot of mistakes uh, along the way. And that means a lot of cash that you're burning along the way. So, we, 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 you know, obviously, inevitably, that means failure at the end of it because you haven't taken the right steps to take your time and build up a product portfolio that is fit for purpose, that's fit for the market. Um, so, so we often really emphasize on the initial stages of, you know, um, identifying your, your, your minimum viable customer, you know, super, super niche, start off with that, and then you build a product team around that to, to fit their requirements. So that's something that we, we have to do a lot of because you find a lot of people spend a lot of money and waste a lot of time on, on a product that is either not needed or it's just not fit for purpose. So that, that's definitely an issue that we're, we're finding a lot of. And so, there's a lot of counseling, coaching going into, you know, take your time, let's go back to basics, let's go back to the marketplace, let's identify who your market is, um, and then the customer, and then let's try and figure out, you know, how how you can actually develop a product that will fit their needs in a way that could be sustainable for your business. 
it's it's poor it seems it seems therefore that there's a lot that even goes into the process of starting a business in the first place and there's a lot of thinking obviously that needs to go into it figuring out which solution will work best for you know which community of people and things like that for you i mean of starting off game nerd and everything i'm sure you went through what you know um Amma was was referring to so um, I totally agree with her. And I think um, one of the problems is your concept is not going to be reality because it's just an idea on paper which, has, which hasn't been validated. You don't know what customers really want. You think you do, but then you don't. And you don't know how the rest of the country is going to react to it in terms of other things that affect it, lights, internet, how your entire process goes. Like, will it cost people extra data to... Uh, engage in whatever it is that you are trying to sell them? Do they have to go to a website? Is it too difficult to buy from you? Are you completely targeting the wrong people? Is it the wrong time of year? Like, There's just so many things that you cannot possibly overlook. Just like conceptualize and it's like, this is a completely perfect idea. Mm. And then you launch it and nothing happens. Also, your actual business could be something entirely different that you or your customers have no idea about. And you need to be able to not be romantic about the concept and mm. just it's it's either so from what i've seen it's either the person is really romantic about it or it's just very like proud or afraid to change what it is mm. because they have this notion of if i change it then it means we have failed us or like something along those lines and yeah some sometimes it feels like you are betraying the reason why you had started but like you need to listen to data and you need to be able to take feedback and like, okay, this is completely wrong. Or like, we had no idea this was going to happen. Sometimes we are completely wrong in the right way, mm. right? You would expect 2X and you go into the market and it's 10X and everything you thought you had the right direction, but like everything else was wrong. Sometimes mm. you have everything completely wrong, but you don't be stubborn and not change paths when it's clear you're going to hit a cliff. But it's not that easy to just change paths, though, is it? Have you hit the cliff? Mm. That's worse. Mm. Mm. Yeah, no matter how hard, like, you need to be comfortable with people saying things or ridiculing you. At the end, like, when you hit the cliff, when you fall off, it's you and no one else. There's that lonely field of failure that only you have to pay, uh, face. Mm. And you have to find a way to get out. Like, when you win, everyone's your friend. That's fine. So you shouldn't, like, don't care what people think. If you follow the data, you follow the instinct. And that whole thing about being passionate, mm. that's that's your ear, ear plug so that I don't listen to everybody else who thinks that they know what you, they are doing. Because you spent X amount of hours idolizing this thing and wanting to do it for so long. And that just gives you a lot of tunnel vision. If you can't figure it out, there's a very low chance anyone else can because you are the one who has sold your soul to whatever devil it is. Mm. So you need to be able to trust yourself. Trust yourself, trust the data. If you have to change, you are the best person to make that call. And you should because past a certain point, it's not a game. Mm. People work for you. Like, people's lives are in your hands. <laughs> so, like, make that call because you're the captain of the ship. If you <laughs> hit the iceberg, like, I don't know what else to tell you. No, no. Then comes the conversation about how important team is especially building any tech 
you know um entity or solution or whatever because it's great that you can be the one person who conceptualized killed yourself over a one year or two year period learning to code at odd hours of the night you know writing the pitches and things like that but then comes that point where you need to expand what's what are the dynamics that influence picking out a team managing the team you know sometimes some of these guys are your friends you probably went to school with them they come into the picture like how how is it like you know within you know usually these spaces where you're bringing all these people and it's completely changing the dynamics yeah so i think um every business has a an origin right mm. and the origin very often defines a lot of thing about the business mm. just like where you are born to a greater extent shapes you and defines you it does not make you i mean you can always evolve beyond where you start so um businesses within the tech space in ghana what i've seen and in this and in the few people i've engaged with and, and when i say few i mean ghana nigeria south africa um you find that if you have generally a single founder who starts has a clear vision for his company has experience on his side has money on his side and has a good market the potential of success is high mm. if you have a company which at the very inception start with multiple people um, and have all these variables success is a bit more higher however there's a challenge that is thrown in there which has to do with the team dynamics right. because at that point there are many people under control or at the steering wheel and if they are not quick enough to decide to have singular leadership and direction and um, that would create a problem and what i've also seen is um, typically when companies are very a lot of the startups here in ghana i mean they have not really, and I mean, just from experience and just from what I've seen around, have not really approached business as business. Right. Have often approached it as a project. Right. If you want to build a business, you need to set things up a proper way. You need to start with a board. Your shareholder, you have to put a board in a place, and the board appoints executives, and executives recruit. It doesn't mm. matter if you're the shareholder and your staff, it's, you have to be put there by a board. Right. So that as an executive, you report to a board, and the board reports to shareholders mm. now when you take that dynamics off and you make shareholders the same as the board members and the same as the staff mm. you create a very difficult situation which later comes back to bite you it bites you hard because mm. then you may be an amazing set of people but the dynamics may make it very difficult right. to function so right. what i what I, what i've seen is that you need people any company that really wants to get far typically would quickly bring in exceptional people and when they bring in the exceptional people, they make sure the structures are in place so that those exceptional people can function properly. Mm. So just a long and short of my answer is the dynamics would not really make a difference if the structures are put in place. But if the structures are not put in place, the dynamics that you talked about can really create um, turmoil. And you find that every group has a set, set of phases they go through, storming, warming, norming, and so on. Most people know this, right? Mm. So... That phase happens when, and it's very intense when the structures are not in place. But when the structures are in place, they tend to tame them and put them, and um, put them in in a, in a state such that they cannot go out of. For ex let me be more specific. So, you start companies with let's say three, two, five co-founders, whatever. If you don't have some of these structures I talked in place, what happens? Because everyone has a control, or has a stake. Every voice must be heard. So it becomes 
a political system. And you know when you have a political system, what happens, right? Mm. It becomes very complicated. So the long and short of it is that the dynamics are needed. You need to have a lot of people to go a very global company and you need exceptional people. But most importantly, you have to have a clear understanding of what a company or a business is and put in the right elements to succeed. Lorraine, if I may come to you now. Now, it's it's obvious that every, you know, business, whether tech-related or whichever, requires some level of funding to be able to succeed. That is That goes, that goes without saying. But what is it like for a tech business especially um, preparing to pitch to investors and sometimes even getting to the point of being rejected by the investors? Like, how, how, how is that process like? Yeah, it's a good question. So the investment funnel and the investment cycle is quite, it's quite a tough one to navigate if you haven't been through it before. But um, what I tend to find is that investors normally back the jockeys rather than the horses. So with that analogy, what I'm meaning is you might have the best idea in the world, but they want to see who are the people behind that idea. And I think as my colleague Nana has explained, you know, team dynamics is very important, the kind of people you need to have exceptional people, right? So investors always look at the people and then they look at the idea. An idea is 1% of a business, you know, it's 99% of the execution. So you know, through the investment cycle, when you're looking to raise investment, tend to you tend to kind of reach out to your network. And it's always good to have a good reputation. So when you're trying to find investments, you tend to start off by looking who are the people that know you and closest to you. Typically, when you go through a series of rounds, um, you start with a pre-seed round, you start, you then move to a seed round, you then move to your kind of Series A's, Series B's, Series C's, etc. When you start with your pre-seed rounds and your seed rounds, you're typically getting your money from your friends, families, and forces, what they call it. And that is really the people that are closest to you, that kind of know you, believe in you. They're back in the jockeys because they know you. They may not even care about the idea, but they know you and they know you can deliver. Then you start to move up to once you move from seed round to your Series A, you then start to look at the execution. You know, you're looking at how well is your business done, what's attraction look like, what's your numbers look like, what your go-to-market strategy has been like, you know, what your revenues look like. And that's when, you know, you start to get institutional or you start to get VC capital in or private equity or institutional investment that comes in as well. That so, sounds like you know, that sounds like quite a lot that, you know, anybody needs to shoulder. So when you when you don't make it, like how do you manage to handle that? To the point that some of them come back and come and do further pitches. But I think for us, I think it's important that you just keep going. You really have to keep going. You never know. You can, you know, you could pitch to someone and then a few years time, you've got an amazing traction. You go back to them like, yes, you know. So there is, it's important that, and also the investment network, dare I say, is actually quite small. Investors speak and they know each other. So don't leave a bad taste in an investor's mouth. Maybe when you've pitched and you kind of come back away and you, you're not happy with their response, but rather take all their feedback. Use that to give you ammunition to go and pitch the next person. Is it that straightforward? Like, I mean, if I've spent like a month, mm. day and night preparing for a pitch and then someone just doesn't like the clothes I'm wearing or something <laughs> or some other factor and then he says, forget about you. Like, is it that simple to just move on? You have to. I mean, if you can't move on to someone not liking your clothes, how are you going to move on in business? You know, you have to have a tough, you're going to have to build that armor around you, you know? So you're going to always get no's. When you come into pitching, one out of every 10 pitches will be successful. 
So you need to be you need to be uncomfortable with rejection. Uh, but also on the flip side, you need to be able to maintain a relationship with the people that say no to you. So if someone says no to you, don't just let it go. But maybe keep them updated. Send them an email every once in a while. Say, you know, this is how my business is going. You know, thank you for your feedback that you gave me. Keep that relationship going. Keep the door open. You never know when it gets to Series A or whatever. You come back, you show them what you've done. They might be surprised. And then, you know, they might invest in you then. You make it sound too simple. I don't know why. Amma, please, um, when, when, when some of the companies that you assist um, get to that point where, you know, they are rejected, what, what are they... What are the emotions like? What do they look like? Do they cry? Do they, like... Oh, they cry. Of course. I mean, this is a really serious topic, actually. And we need to be honest about the fact that, you know, we, we, we have experienced suicide within our own community right here in Accra. You know, depression, you know, mental, mental illness. It's a, it's a real challenge. So it's something that is great that we're talking about. But, it's, you know, these are things that uh, we are experiencing. And on the flip side, you know, when you do get investment... You know, the, the, the pressure of actually managing and absorbing that capital from someone else that you have to report to is also an immense strain on some of our entrepreneurs as well. So, you know, we need to kind of balance it out. And really, I mean, entrepreneurship, we all know, is very difficult. It's a very lonely journey. You need to have some mental gusto uh, and, and fortitude to go through the rejections and the no's. You know, you, you're going to hear no many times in a day or a week or, you know, in your in your entrepreneurial journey. So this is something that I think we, we don't talk enough about, the failure and, and the no's and the rejection and the feeling of powerlessness and the lack of control. And on the flip side, I mean, even though we, we do talk about investment day in, day out, you know, we, we always encourage our entrepreneurs to uh, look at their business models and figure out how they can actually um, generate revenue internally. I mean, it's not you know, if you, there will come a point where you need, maybe you need external um, funding, but it's not, I think we're all obsessed with this this pitching and, you know, grants and competitions. You know, these are not sustainable uh, avenues. You, you should be able to build a business that is self-sustaining. And, you know, we need to get a lot more serious about products, you know, products that people actually want to pay for. Um, and so, that's just a fundamental thing, you know. So, I mean, being rejected is one thing, but you were talking about them actually winning pitches and the pressure that comes... With it. Can you explain that a bit for us, and then can you also give us some a sense of how best to deal with situations like that? Because I thought, like, when you win the investment, Charlie, what is there to worry about? You know? No, but listen, you know, we all talk about funding all the time. But if you look at the top five, you know, success factors, you know, you know, of, of, of the billion dollar companies that we look at and admire across the pond, you know, um, funding is like fourteen percent of of the, the the challenge. You know, you've got your business model to worry about, your your actual idea the team, the execution, and then fundamentally the timing is actually really, really critical. You might come in too early or too too late for, for a particular solution so to the market. So these are all things that come into play. So with the funding issue, if you, if you get the funding, um, the, the pressure comes from the fact that, okay, you've accepted millions of dollars from an investor, potentially. Or, you know, if it's a seed round or a series A round, maybe less of a, a hassle because you've got to just get through some basics. But at a certain stage, if you're absorbing that level of capital, there is an amount of stress to it if you haven't got the right team around you. If you're not able to delegate um, to a team that you can trust to deliver upon certain, you know, things on a regular basis, operationally, strategically. If you're feeling like you're the only one who can make a decision and with the plan that you have is looking, you know, longer and longer every day and more difficult the more you look into it. Uh, then but that comes with a lot of pressure because you know you have to report to your board, you have to report to your investors, you have to, you know, really, I mean, and they come down on you, you know, they're giving you 
a blank check, pretty much because they believe in you and your your idea and your model and your your team. But there comes a lot of pressure with that, and that can also trigger, um, you know, a lot of anxiety, and that that that, that can be a, another um, road to mental illness and, and feeling like you know you've lost control of a specific situation, i.e., somebody offers money. So that, that that that's another angle to the story. That's interesting, Paul. Yeah, so um, to hit on what Ama said about we're a bit obsessed about funding, I think it's just one way that you can scale your business fast. And something somebody told me, somebody who we're pitching to, they were like, if your idea or your business absolutely requires investment in order to survive, it's not a good idea. If you can't run it without investment, you can't start, you can't start scaling slowly what investment is supposed to do is to make you scale faster and be able to reach a certain point quicker so that instead of 10 years you get there in one or two mm. right that's the whole idea but it's not the only way people have built organic businesses for 10 15 20 30 years there's nothing wrong with that there's nothing wrong with making a hundred thousand per year there's nothing wrong with making two hundred fifty thousand per year that puts you above a majority of the population in accra mm. right so i think we're over over fixated and over obsessed with being a unicorn, being a million dollar company, I need to get a hundred K seed funding. If you have a client's base and you can somehow figure out a way of monetizing and grow, even if your growth is point something, but it's consistent, you have something. After six months, your business shouldn't be in the same place that it is. And then you can pitch to different people. Or now you can be picky about the kind of people that you want to invest. Because the thing also people don't talk about in regards to investment, you're losing control. What I want to find out now is, how do you manage it when you make it? So, like emotionally and with everything that Amma talked about, with all the stress and the potential depression and all of that, how do you manage it when you actually make it? And now I'll be coming to you about how you manage it's when it doesn't work. But Paul, firstly, how do you manage it when it does work? Because it has its own complications right. as well. Right. So I think when it doesn't work, what you feel is the crushing blow of defeat and you don't know where you're going. But when it does work, it's more anxiety and now you have something to lose. Mm. Right? Because you have someone's money. Mm. Right? And now you can't just do things the way you want. People expect you to report things a certain way. Your business needs to get a lot more transparent. Like, it's not your money. So, like, when you're about to spend on ABCD, you need to, like, think a bit deeper. It's like, okay, how do I justify this to this person? Because it's not like I feel like doing this, so I have to do this, right? And then you start worrying when, you know, numbers aren't as you expect them to be because, again, you've lost control. You don't own 100% of this. You can't get up one day and say... I'm tired, I'm done, let me just pack up and go. And I think um, another thing we don't really talk about and it just like hits me, some, I don't think we scrutinize investors enough here because I feel like some some investors set you up to fail because the expectations are just ridiculous. Mm. Not even just interest, like how, some, not, not also, not everybody's supposed to go the route of, you know, get a board, do this, do that, do that you need to really feel the heartbeat of what your business is and what your market is and what's right for you at this time. You may 
fail because you took the business in a direction that you know nothing about. And then you become completely incompetent. Whereas if you had stayed and grown and understood what you were there to do originally and then move in a direction that everybody wants to move in, Mm. in terms of the core team and what the core team can handle versus what the investor who just dumped money in and it's like, hey, I think you guys should go here. And a lot of them aren't really contextual to, especially uh, um, Africa and Accra, right? Because Accra is very different. Like, I, I don't know if we've stressed this enough. Just the fact that certain things don't work, it just means that the workaround is very different, not like things are impossible. And sometimes you need to hit the wall a few times and then you're like, oh, okay, I need to hit it this particular way. That's and a very thick happen. skin you need to end up developing. Like Slightly masochistic. You need to slightly enjoy the pain after a while loss. It's just going to get to you. Nana, at which point in time do you call it quit? Because it will, it will have to get to a point where, you know, Charlie, just forget about this thing. As, as painful and as... <laughs> at which point are you going to say, that's I'm done? Have you ever been in that position before? Done with raising investment or done with the company? Done with like done with everything. Okay. You are tired. So I, I need to break it into sections so that we can understand it properly. I would appreciate that. So first of all, it depends on what kind of business you want to build. Mm. It determines how you start it and what kind of people you bring on. Mm. So um, if you want to build a business that's okay and it's a lifestyle business, we can give you some money to you know take care of yourself and your family you approach it a bit differently. But if you want to build a business that becomes the like of, um, like, let's take very, I mean, amazing companies here in Ghana, like um, Dreamover, Dreamover, um, Hmm. uh, this app we all use, what's the name? Express Pay. Express Pay, I mean, Haptel. If you want to build those kind of companies um, now, because of the different dynamics, you have to get certain things right. Hmm. Otherwise, it won't just happen. Legally, even if you want to build a fintech today, you need to have some money yeah. to be able to get to a settlement. So the, the dynamics have changed. So if you want to build a lifestyle business, you can go that route of forget about the board, just start, get your guys together and try and do something. Is, just like, is it easier to call it quits when you're in a position like that? I'm coming to that point, mm. but I need to build a business. Mm. If you want to build a company that's large, then the structures must be in place. Right. So if it's a lifestyle business, it's easy to call it quit and get up and leave. Right. Close is the website. Though? Shut it down and you are done. But if you want to build the kind of companies that will be processing millions, mm. hundreds of millions mm. and possibly billions, you don't just get up and say quit. You don't just you just don't do that. that but you're not happen. enjoying what you're doing. You yeah. know it's not working. So, you know something is happening. Yeah. Like something is going in a direction that you know you can't yeah. control. So first I have to set this preamble so I understand these two scenarios. Right. So I'm not talking about a small company you can He's talking about the big deal. So the, the big, big deal, deal where the money is. Now, for those companies, they are stakeholders, customers, investors, partners, your staff, yourself. You don't just call it quit and shut off and go. You can actually go to prison if you do that. Because there are a lot of things at stake. People's money is at stake. People's data is at stake. You know? So you can't just get it. You have to do it in a proper way. So at that level... If so stay and die. No, no. I'm coming to say, if at that level, if you want to exit, now that I've said the clarity on it, right. you either have to exit by selling your company... In terms of control, that the shares mm. you hand it over to someone, or you bring in someone properly to take over your role and you exit. Mm. But when you build those kind of business, it's not just about you. It's not about what you feel and what you think. Mm. The there condition? are many st- many stakeholders. So you exit in a proper way so that the business continues to do what it's set up to. Mm. You get it. 
let me end by saying at a point in time you know coca-cola is no longer co- the taste coca-cola is not just for them they ran an experiment in the 80 and they changed the taste all of a sudden and people were angry because you're literally taking what belongs to people now so when a business goes to a certain point it's not just you it's it belongs to people in a sense because they use your services and they thrive on you which is even worse in terms yes. of the pressure that it gives you so as you can't owner. just exit you have to plan your exit strategy as much as you plan your growth mm. strategy and many people don't think about it mm. so for lifestyle businesses let's do it if it works great if it doesn't we close it down but if you want to build a very big company you have to put in and they call it change management you have to put all these things in place that if i'm exiting today what's the process what's the structure who takes over and that's why i want to clear the dynamics otherwise you might just you know just yeah. up and up lorraine if if you could kindly help us here when when do you when do you genuinely just up and go if if it's if it i mean with all the explanation anna has given us i'm guessing that as a business owner in any capacity you do get to that point where you just want to throw in the towel and just walk away like when do you do that just so that you can save yourself some peace of mind has has spoken a lot to the things that I wanted to say. You know, I think it's very important even when you're starting a business to think about the end. It's almost like, I mean, he mentioned change management. It's almost a a, a variation of project management. When you're managing the project, and I I appreciate the point was already made that people tend to run businesses as as projects. But the context of project management is important. Why? Because you always think about the end goal and how to get there. So I think it's important that when you start a business, you should always think about what your extra strategy is. That may be going for an IPO. That may be selling to another, you know, company. That may be, you know, a merger. It may be, um, you know, you've, you've kind of dusting your shoulders and, and moving on. But it's important to think about succession planning. Um, there's a saying that I've always loved, actually, um, by Reid Hoffman, the, the co-founder of LinkedIn. He said, if you're not embarrassed by the first version of your product, you're too late. So all of us would go through stages in our life where you will always think, oh, I'm embarrassed by this. I'm going to get out. But no, I think our previous, the previous guy um, that, that was speaking talk, talk, spoke about the notion of changing and pivoting. I think it's very important. So I think you should do all you can as much as possible to pivot. You've got a number of stakeholders that are involved. So your, your investors, your board, you know, your staff, and, and Nana has already spoken to that. You have to, as a business person, you've got a responsibility to a number of people, you know, so you cannot just leave and just, you know, say, I'm, I'm, I'm wiping off myself. If you have put in the appropriate steps and mechanisms and succession plans, et cetera, then fine. You are, you should always think about this. I always say the world is small. You never know who you may meet in the future. That person that you've, you know, you've dusted your shoulders and left could potentially be your next boss. You know, so I think I always think about that when you leave somewhere, think about what and how you're leaving behind project or an idea last round of questions and i'm going to start off with Amma. Amma, how do you deal with when it finally fails how how do you how do you manage the emotions of all of that and i'm just going to take a quick word from everyone here i'm going to start off with you Amma. how do you deal with it when you know this is it you know like yeah. if, whether you've done the right thing of you know phasing it out you know very well you know leaving the structures in place everybody's happy Obviously, you won't be happy because you know you know a part of you has failed at something. But how do you deal with when you finally call it quits? I think it's just really taking time to realize that it's over. Um, you know, likely you've given it your best shot. 
Um, but really, just taking time, like morning, you know, taking time to deal with your emotions, how you're feeling, how you're thinking. And most importantly, I know you said it's a quick one, now we're wrapping up, but really just uh, trying to figure out what you've taken from the learning, you know, the process. What have you taken away? How have you grown as an individual? Um, how can you deal with your team and communicate very clearly with them about what's happened? Um, and, you know, just moving on, really. That, that's, you know, it's really about taking back the power, taking back the control and figuring out how you can take what you can from it and walk away with something that you can move on with and feel forward. Amma, thank you so much. Paul? Um, so I'd like to add, before you actually give up, consider taking breaks because sometimes you're not done, you're just burnt out mm -hmm. and you haven't been taking care of yourself because you've been just really trying to make this thing work and you haven't been kind to yourself. So from personal experience, this is something that has happened to me before. And I tried as much as possible not to do anything for a certain period of time. And that actually helped me recalibrate everything I was doing. And kind of when you really, really, really want to do something, it finds a way of pulling you back in. And when you give yourself enough time to heal and also, I think Amma or someone else mentioned it. It's not just feeling, but like taking time to learn like what exactly is, it, is the lesson that you had to learn. Mm. And sometimes you don't move forward until you finally learn that lesson because it might be one particular thing about you or something that you set up that keeps reoccurring, but you are just blind to it because it's like, it's like how you don't think about breathing and you just breathe. It, right. Yeah, like it could just be that subconscious and sometimes you just have to take a break and just like play back everything in your mind not like you're making yourself feel bad but like you're actually analyzing everything and then when you, when it clicks and then you're ready you're refreshed you can't come back but if you really really the thing is you're never like you are finished with this thing you're not finished with life it doesn't mean go and hang yourself it's like you've picked up so many skills and you don't even realize. So, like, if you're done, okay, I'm done with this particular box. Mm. Even in the same industry, there could be so many of other things I could do. Even gaming, if you're done with programming, there's scripting, there's story writing, there's product management, there's, like, tons of things that you can do. Because if you're still in love with the thing, it just means that particular rule wasn't working. Right. And last one, I'm sorry, I'm being selfish. Please. Not everyone's supposed to be CEO, and mm. I feel like that narrative needs to change because some people are amazing number twos, amazing number six. They are the 11th person that got hired and changed the company, but everyone's pushing the CEO narrative. Some people are amazing assistants. Some people are amazing operators, and we need to be more self-aware of where we fit in and not fit into wrong roles. Amazing. Lorraine, let me take your comments before I wrap it up with Nana. How do you deal with that realization that it has failed? I don't know where to move on from here. What is your advice to anyone within the tech space who is either feeling like that or is getting close to feeling like that? How and what's the best way you feel is best to deal with, with, with it? I think what's important is you have to fail fast. So when you reach that realization that you're failing, fail fast and move on. You know, don't dwell in it, don't hang around in it, just move on, you know. And you'll find that most successful CEOs have failed before. Let's take Jeff Bezos, for example. How long has it taken him to get to where he is right now? You know, there is, we have to understand that do, things do take time. You don't become a moonshot or a unicorn overnight, you know. So I think it's just dusting your shoulders off, failing fast, moving on. Lauren, thank you so much. Nana, final. 
Define what fail, fail, <laughs> failure is very early. And when you see the traffic light turning red, I mean, that definition is there. Start preparing yourself right. to exit. So always, you know, define. If you don't define it, that's when you get into the issue of laying around. Define it. At this point, this thing is failing for me and I'm going to prepare to exit. Mm. And I think it's very important because mm. in our condition, you, I mean, when I say condition, in Ghana, you don't have the luxury of playing around, failing, and starting up quite often. Right. You know, it's not. It's, there's no m- too much money around to to play with. So you <laughs> have to be very crisp, precise, and exact. Right, right. That that was that was fantastic. Thank you guys so much. Uh, my guest in the studio, um, and of course on the phone line, Amajampo, um, CEO of Scale Up Africa, Paul Ziem, who's a founder of Game Nerd, and he's a yep. digital entertainment consultant. Nana Prempea Jiman, who's the co-founder of Asariba and Grow for Me, and Lorraine Wright, who's the head of sales at Grow for Me thank you guys so much for being a part of the conversation and lending um you know all this experience to this conversation i really appreciate it i really appreciate it And now we get into the segment of the show and we um, are joined by Ellen. Ellen is the one who basically brings you what we call your tech. Now your tech basically is, you know, talking about some of the issues that you face with the technology that's around you or some of the gadgets that you might have. And if you have a problem like that, Ellen is the best person to talk to. And I'm guessing that today we have an Alex who has a problem and Ellen will walk us through it. Ellen, thank you so much for joining us. Hi, Philip. How are you? I'm doing pretty good, thanks. So, Phil, like you just said, Alex has a problem. It's it's a very short um, voice, but it's it's quite interesting. It's quite funny. Let's take a listen. Charlie, my phone, they worry me. For some time now, people complain when they call me, my phone is off. But I, I never put off my phone. It's always on. Please, sort me out quick. The truth is, I'm having the same problem. <laughs> Guy, Alex, <laughs> me and you all did the same river inside. <laughs> like, I'll be there and I'll just get a, a text message about... I called you. I called you. You called who? You called who? Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes you even call. The person will pick, but you wouldn't be hearing what yeah, the person yeah. is saying. Then I'll get some weird message. I called... <laughs> who call him? Say. But anyway, what is the solution to, to this issue? Let's take a listen to the solution we have to, for him. Alex, I will try to speak your language more. It will like you for swap your SIM card. Make you put them for another phone and call both of them phones. See, say the same issue will come up. And if the new phone still they have that issue, then the problem is from your network provider. You have to consult them, make them sort you out. But if it work all right for the new phone top, then probably the old phone you set what we call core barring for top so you forgo the settings the phone settings inside then disable all core barring options i hope say this one will help you all the best bye bye i i hope i hope it helps him as well but yeah i mean basically yeah so it's going to help you too no it will help me it's just like, and jeffrey is going to help you too i'm just yeah. for me i always mm. felt it was my network Mm-hmm. I always felt it me, was I my network. I always blame my network. Who else should we blame? <laughs> like, 
so no, so okay so right now I'm, I'm going to see if i can get another phone and try yeah yeah, um, yeah. So, so now let's move away from, let's leave the networks alone okay so let's let's try, let's let's try, try out a solution and see if yeah, we, okay yeah. cool that, that, that's fine anyway so um for those of you who are having a similar issue i hope this solution is going to work out for you um so try it out if it doesn't work please get back to us let's know so we can tackle the network finally yeah <laughs> and try and see if we can get um an answer from them moving on swiftly now to um the app segment of the show the app segment basically looks at some mobile applications that we have come across jeffrey specifically has come across who's tested it and he's just giving us his opinion about it hopefully it would um, help you you know in whichever um, aspect of your life so jeffrey um what is the app that you have for us today um so tonight i'm bringing you chaskili uh this is basically a game those tap to play games where you tap a part of the screen and then so for this one a ball is thrown at you at your character mm. based on where the ball is whether it's up in the middle or down you tap where you're supposed to be at and then your character will play it mm-hmm. if you don't tap it well your character won't play it and then you will lose nice i mean it sounds pretty simple yes so let's just listen to what it's about and then we'll get we'll continue all right my name is Gideon Quidger Agre, and I'm a video game developer and designer. My app is called Chaskili. That's spelled C-H-A-S-K-E-L-E. You can get it right now on the Google Play Store and will be coming soon to the App Store. Chaskili is a fun little video game based on the local children's game we all grew up loving. You play as a batter who has to defend against magical projectiles being thrown at you putting your reflexes to the test and letting you prove to everybody that you're the best batter there is. All right. I, I remember Chaskili very well. Um, so how do you spell that and how can people find it? C-H-A-S-K-E-L-E. As simple as that. Play Store. As that simple as that. that. So please get to the Google Play Store, check it out and um, give us some feedback um, if you enjoy the gameplay and everything else um let's let's know let's know what your thoughts are all right jumping now to bringing you updates about what is happening what is happening in the tech space or what has happened in the tech space over the um you know course of the week we call that segment the trending segments and mr entry is here with us with that one so mr entry what are the updates that you have for us from the course of the week yeah move straight into it and let's start off with something that has to do with failure since we we talk a lot about failure today mm-hmm. so microsoft is ending support for internet explorer so <laughs> if you'll be using it <laughs> uh, a year from today it took them long enough to notice a year from today you you, you won't be getting support for micro microsoft internet explorer mm-hmm. and it's actually it's going down wow yeah Wow. So moving on to one other thing. Well, there's Chrome, there's Firefox, there's yes, you know, there are, <laughs> there, there are too many now. There's Edge, you yeah. know, Edge rebuilt, Edge, <laughs> boy, yeah. boy. Yeah. Um, enjoy. I mean, I don't know who still uses Internet Explorer, <laughs> but um, cool, cool. Yeah. If you still do, all the best. Anyway, so moving on to another thing, something in the gaming industry. Okay. Uh, Fortnite launched. Let's say a war <laughs> against <laughs> Apple <it> mildly. Oh. <laughs> and Google. Oh. And uh, so why, why did they launch the war? So yes. Fortnite uh, s- set up a payment system inside their app mm. to take payment. That's which, which with that payment, they're not going to pay any cut to 
either Google or, or Apple. Apple. Mm. And both channels are mm. angry and they disagree mm. with that. So they're taking Fortnite off their Play Store, both Play Stores, and then they've planned the campaign against them, free Fortnite campaign. And <laughs> Fortnite is basically a, a, um, a game, multiplayer, yeah, yeah, multiplayer game, depending on where you're logging in from. It's it's huge globally, um, and people love it. I've, I've, I saw it being played in China. I, I still didn't get it. But people love it all the same. <laughs> but it's a big deal globally. And I, I'm not sure how this is going to pan out for them. You know, going up against the two biggest you know, operating systems, you know, I don't know how they're going to win that. Uh, Especially when both operating systems have basically taken a similar decision, decision based yeah. on your actions. I don't know how they're going to win that war. If you had one in your I corner, know, I know, I know, maybe. They will launch their own operating system. Uh, that will <laughs> that'll be a lot of work. But yeah, they have some. Facebook just joined in the fight too. Okay. Yeah, I think today or yesterday, yesterday Facebook joined in the fight. Isn't that obvious? Yeah. So that obvious. To one last they don't story. have an operating system. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, to a last story of the week, uh, CB Insights released uh, a list of 150 most promising digital health startups in the world. Okay. And are we in there? Among Ghana Day Insights. Yes. Oh no, that's fine. Then I'm okay. Among this list, there's only one health startup from Africa, and it's from Ghana. That's M Pharma. Oh. <laughs> Shouts to M Pharma yeah. for flying Ghana's flag high. Yes. M Pharma very, yeah. very, 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 very high. They are they are very good friends yeah. to the show, so we're so, kind of excited. So this list was actually based on how how they do drug delivery systems, hmm. specialized specialty care, and a whole lot, nice. and investor relations and all of that. Hmm. Hmm. And they are really well. Congrats, congrats to M Pharma. They, they they are they are correct people. And we, we, we are proud to be associated with Empharma. Anyway, so, I mean, basically, I hope you are aware of what's happening within the tech space. Um, it's been such a pleasure coming your way. It's been such a great conversation as well um, with Paul and Ama and Nana and Lorraine. Um, a big shout to the rest of the team as, as well, Ellen and Jeffrey, and to Daniels for giving us assistance in the studio. But this show is proudly sponsored by First National Bank. How may we help you? And ZPay Freedom to Choose, Express, and Transact simply dial star 270 hash now and get into the zpay conversation the show will be available as a podcast first thing tomorrow morning so please um do check it out a quick message before we go some lion also says that was an interesting conversation philip shout out to nana prempe well shout out to you sam for um staying tuned in as well but then till next week stay techy. Stay